0: It's good to be together in church. I hope everybody's holding up okay. I know things are getting uh, a little more perilous and a little more difficult, uh, but uh, I just, uh, I hope that you are, and I pray that you are holding on strong, and uh, just remember that your church is here to connect with. Uh, if you need anything at all, you uh, reach out to us. And even if you're not part of New Life, if you're just somebody watching and you, uh, you need something that we will try to help you out, uh, if you need somebody to talk to, if you need some counsel to get through this, uh, we've got a lot going on. There's a lot, of, uh, a lot of conversations being had right now. So we'd love to, uh, to reach out to you and, or reach back to you when you reach out. Philippians chapter 4, beginning at verse 4, says this. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your graciousness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever, uh, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's any moral excellence and if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. We started this series uh, two weeks ago. It's called Feed Your Mind. We took a little bit of a, a detour last week. It was still in the same uh, theme because it was Easter, but uh, we, we're back on track with this today. Feed Your Mind, The most, I believe the most difficult struggle that's going on today in, in the church and in our country, is the battle of the mind, the battle of our minds right now. The peace of God, the battle of keeping everything together. Uh, we're, for the most part throughout, unless you're able to go to work uh, on a regular basis, for the most part, people are stuck in houses still. Uh, kids are still going to school on laptops and uh, or telephones. My, my son's two youngest sons, uh, have to connect every day with teachers. And some of, the, some of the kids that they connect with that are on those group calls are on telephones. Who would have ever thought that we'd be going to school, that our, our public school kids would be going to school that way? And it looks like it's going to be that way for the foreseeable future. For those of you who, who don't live in Massachusetts uh, or don't live in the Northeast, if you're watching us from somewhere else, um, it's a different world up here, okay? It's a very different world. And uh, I'll just suffice it to say, it doesn't look like our kids are going back to school this year at all. Um, and, and they're even talking about maybe not in September. I mean, this is, how, this is how crazy things have gotten. And it has settled in now. And I think that, I think it's settled in in a deeper way for people. If you watch the news at all, you're seeing that around the country, things are starting to come unhinged a little bit here and there. There's a lot of protests going on. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people, uh, whatever, wherever you are, whether you think this is all a bunch of uh, ridiculousness, if you think this is incredibly serious, it doesn't matter. There are some people that just don't care, and it's just, it's just starting to go off the rails a little bit. And we're starting to see real division come in among our nation. And it's even spreading into the church. I believe that all that starts with the stress and the pressure that's being put on life and put on people and put on families and it's something that we have to acknowledge and admit and learn how to deal with an overwhelming <clears throat> overload of negative information and fear can affect your mental stat, uh, mental state and cause you to feel anxiety, anger and hopelessness. If you watch if you watch cable news and you watch a couple different channels, it's all one person, it's all the the conservative side's fault, right? This is all a vast right-wing conspiracy. And if you watch the other network, uh, it's all the left's fault. And everybody's making this so political that nobody is really paying attention to the fact that people's lives are really truly, you can say people's lives are being affected, but unless you are really living it with people, then you don't really get it. You don't really understand. If you're, if you're making these decisions from a place that you're not interacting with people every day, where, I mean, when, when was the last time you thought you'd ever be going to the grocery store and be limited to the amount of eggs you can buy? You know, they, they, the toilet paper and, and, uh, and paper towel aisle in our, in our big Y here in East Longmeadow, it was empty for so long they started putting peanut butter in there. They've changed it completely. I mean, these are just unreal times, right? And the stress is beginning to wear on people. Listen, Christian, if you don't start now to take an active role in your own mental health in a spiritual way, a biblical way, the struggle is only going to get worse for you. And it even goes farther because the criticism of our faith the things that you believe deeply, being told that it's science that matters and your faith is irrelevant or it's unnecessary, can cause confusion and doubt. I'm seeing a lot of Christians who are, who are just doubting the word of God right now and doubting uh, whether their church really does matter, whether their faith really does matter, that we have to listen to those who don't know Christ for all the answers. And then you throw in the isolation from others and the inability to have meaningful interaction. And that's also a contributing factor in the mental health mix. Not being able to sit down and have a cup of coffee with a friend. That's why I encourage connecting. That's why we do devotions in our church online every day. Because for some people in our church, that daily connection is the only human interaction they get all day long. It's the only time. And that's why it's so vital that we as a church reach out to each other right now and make that phone call or or make that uh, connect on Facebook and and do the video, whatever. You know better than me. I don't know how to do that stuff all the time. You know better than me. Call me. I'll answer, okay? The theory that, uh, or the statement that It's important that the cure is not worse than the disease, is becoming true. And it's becoming very, very relevant. It's becoming very, very um, tangible in our lives right now. That the cure for all this is becoming worse than the disease. What does that mean? It means that during difficult times of great stress and emotional turmoil for us and our families, It isn't just the disease or the stressor that we have to be concerned about. Many times and for many people in our lives, marriages and families become casualties of the stress. There are going to be difficult days ahead. No doubt about it. We say this every week. And I think it's incredibly important. If you want to get yourself through this, if you you don't want to simply survive, If you want to grow and thrive during this time, and it's possible, it is possible to come out of this stronger than when you went into it in your faith. If you want to do that, I believe you need to accept the fact that we're all under an enormous amount of stress. We're all under an enormous amount of anxiety. There's no guarantee that anytime soon things are going to go back to normal. I saw a question on Facebook. and it's near and dear to my heart because Six Flags is our summer vacation as a family. And somebody wrote, uh, if a theme park opened today, would you go, would you go to it? I'd, yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah I would. But um, that's because I've got two eight-year-old boys that could just run around the whole place. Um, but people, there's a lot of people that wouldn't do it. They just wouldn't do it. There's no guarantee that we're going back to, going back to normal. There's no guarantee that Everybody that went into this is going to be okay coming out of it. What it means is that we must find a biblical way to deal with the mental struggle and stress that we're facing. In the last two weeks since I started this message, if you remember, two weeks ago when I started this message, I gave a bunch of statistics. And people were amazed and I had people write to me and talk to me about uh, the the rise in um, mental health phone calls and suicide calls to hotlines in the two weeks since that message, since I said that calls to suicide hotlines across America have increased 800%, 800% in two weeks. Now let me give you a bit of context for that. Let me give you a bit of context during the great recession. Remember the great recession, 2008 when uh, our, when, when, uh, the banks collapsed and we had a bailout and all kinds of things just, uh, just 12 years ago. During the Great Recession of 2008, hotlines, suicide hotlines saw a rise in phone calls of 13%. And that resulted in what they estimate to be 46,000 lives lost at 13%. We're, we're at 800% of an increase. People are, are on edge. And as I said in that message, Christians aren't immune to that. Pastors are dealing with those kind of phone calls. Pastors are dealing with phone calls and conversations right now about um, struggles in the home and uh, domestic violence and domestic, domestic disruption. What are you doing to deal with it? A quick informal survey of some of my pastor friends on Facebook over a hundred of them kind of responded to it and every one of them said they're shocked they thought that when the physical part of their church shut down their involvement would go way down it's gone way up it's gone way up to the point where pastors are busier now than they were before all of this hit and most of it is counseling and answering questions and talking to people Being a born-again believer does not exempt you from the stress and the strain of life in general, and especially from the the amazing challenges on on your mental health during such an incredible upheaval in society. But what we do need to understand and accept is the fact that as followers of Jesus, we have the teachings of the Bible to lean on. That's what we have to accept, folks. Listen, we just don't, when we have devotions every night, on, on Facebook, it's not just a chat room. Those are, those are thought out, planned out devotions to help you, to give you hope, to give you some strength for the day, to maybe give you some posit- positivity in your faith to go to bed at night, to wake up in the morning so you can start a new day. This is the time, especially for believers, to lean on their faith and to grow in your faith. We have the promise that if we will lean, our, lean on our faith, if we will incorporate these things into our personal lives, these biblical teachings into our personal lives, into our families, into our marriages, then we will more than just survive. We will come out stronger. We'll come out stronger from this than when we went into it. We're trying a lot of different things in our, in our home to, uh, to <laughs> not just to entertain but to come out of this healthier. We're having a lot of conversations. We're, we're, if you've seen our mine or my wife's posts on Facebook, we're doing a lot of yard work. I, I've learned that, uh, and, and we're, we're watching a lot of the boys, they, the boys picked out um, bird feeders. And if you would like to nominate, uh, if you would like to suggest names for the birds in our yard, my wife wants to name all the birds and the squirrels, feel free to send those in to us on Facebook. and. Yeah, maybe you'll be able to see a Blue Jay named something. I don't know, Joe Carter. <clears throat> Baseball reference there. Uh, <clears throat> but we're doing a lot of different things to try to grow and be stronger as a family. Not just as a family, but as a family of God. Folks, listen, this is, this is a struggle, no doubt about it. But this is a time where the Bible tells us during times of great struggle and great attack and great difficulty is when the children of God can grow stronger. God brings struggle and challenges into your life to sharpen your faith and to hone your faith and make you stronger in your faith. What we're doing in this sermon series is addressing the most common and broad issues that we deal with in the areas of mental health. Even as believers, we deal with these things. Remember I said two weeks ago, just because you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior doesn't exempt you from the struggles of life. It doesn't exempt you from being human. What it does is give you the tools from Jesus Christ and from his word to deal with these things. But they don't do you any good if you don't apply them and work with them in your life. And I want to give this disclaimer again, okay? This week, just like I did two weeks ago, I believe that there are mental health issues that need to be dealt with by a physician. Okay, I believe that with all my heart. There are chemical imbalances. There, is, there are issues with DNA. There are struggles in your life that aside from a miraculous healing of God, need medication to be dealt with. I believe that. But I believe that dealing with it through, the, through a medical a doctor and through the scriptures, you can overcome anything. And there are other struggles in your life, the, the stress of life and the mental struggles that come on that are things that we can use the, the Bible to deal with. We can dig into to the Word and learn about how to grow stronger in our mental health. I believe that the Issues of life and the extreme swings of emotions and mental struggles that we're facing right now are addressed in the Bible and can be dealt with and even conquered with biblical principles. Some of the most encouraging times I've had over the last month are the conversations I've had on Thursday nights with my men's group that I connect with on on a Zoom phone call or some of the neighbors that we've met that are believers that go to other churches in the area and we talk about the things of God and we check up on each other. This is how the church becomes the church to each other. This is how we regain our strength and our confidence so that we can go out to a world and show Jesus Christ to them. I believe that the issues that we face, if we deal with them properly and conquer them with biblical principles, the Bible tells us, what we will be like as a believer, what the fruit of our life will be in Galatians 5, 22, and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. The law is not against such things. Let me read that list again. And, and let me, as, and, and you write these verses down and this week meditate on these verses, Galatians 5, 22, and 23. We've got more to talk about. But I think it's so important because the Bible says that as followers of Jesus Christ, if we are truly walking in the Spirit and living in the Spirit and living a life that glorifies Jesus Christ, this is the fruit that will be presented from us to the world. And ask yourself, is this what I am showing? Am I showing love to others? Joy, peace. Hey, listen, man. How much joy is there at a grocery store right now? I walked into Big Y this week and they didn't have heavy cream i thought that was really kind of an odd thing it's like shortages of heavy cream my wife was making Zupa toscana and it was it was just odd but it was it was a, it, it wasn't a fun visit it was it was very um, it, it was very i don't know what the word is very quiet and without joy and the way I deal with situations like that is I make a sarcastic comment, but I have to be real careful because that sarcastic comment might get a T-bone thrown at me by somebody. You know. So you have to be very careful, but, but as Christians, this is what we should be showing, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These are the, this is the way we should be presenting ourselves. Now we started, as I said, and I want to do a real quick review of what we covered two weeks ago. Even Christians are candidates for a struggle with mental health because we're human. When you accepted Christ as your Savior, he came into your heart and made you new. You still have the old man. You still have the human struggle. That means that you will still struggle with stress or You'll still have to deal with stress. You'll still have to deal with anxiety. You'll still have to deal with uh, discouragement. You'll still have to deal with these things. But you have the tools from Jesus Christ in his word to handle them, to deal with them. Why is this? Because we're part of a fallen creation. And we know that until Christ comes back and after, the, the, uh, after all of the end times are over, that's when creation is restored. But until then, we still deal with a fallen world. And we're still part of a fallen world. We're all broken in some way, and that doesn't magically change simply because you accept Jesus Christ. Your sins are forgiven, and you're made new, and your slate is clean, but you still have those those human struggles that we all deal with to deal with. We gave two examples. The first one was Paul. Remember, Paul had what he called a thorn in the flesh. And we don't know what that was. Some think it's physical. Others, we don't know. It's It's not necessarily told to us what Paul's thorn was. And the Bible says he prayed three times. And I don't think this was like Paul praying over his lunch. I think Paul sought God in a deep way in prayer. God, please remove this from me. And God finally said after the third time, no, Peter, but my grace is sufficient for you. And right now, Christian, you may want this to end tomorrow, But you need to understand, if God wanted to end it tomorrow, he will. I disagree completely with Governor Cuomo of New York, and I think that was, I'll say it on on, on live, I think it's an incredibly arrogant statement by a man who does not acknowledge God to say that God has no part in what's going on. That's between him and God, not him and me. But if God wanted to end this all, he could. He is the omniscient, he is the all-powerful God. But until such time as he does that, his grace must be sufficient for us. The grace that he offers to us to deal with this, to calm ourselves, to face these, these things. The other one was David. David, a man after God's own heart. He wrote uh, Psalm 40. and We looked at verses 1 through 3. We, we noticed that David needed to be in trouble in order to cry for help. We also said that David had to... You remember he said... Uh, that God lifted him out out of the miry clay, out of the pit. Well, he had to be in a pit first to be lifted out. And that wasn't a physical pit he was caught in. That was a mental, emotional pit that God lifted him out of. And then he said that God gave him a new song, a song of praise. Well, he had to be singing a song of discouragement in order to now sing a new song of encouragement. So... There is no shame in admitting that you have a need for healing in your mind as a believer, as a follower of Christ. We have this, this, uh, we we walk into church with a Teflon coat on, right? And we present this this, uh, mask to the rest of our church as if we are without struggle, we are without problems. And I'm not saying we come in and we sit down and we have pity parties and things like that. But what I'm saying is when you talk with people and people say, how are you doing? You need to tell them how you're doing. If it's somebody you can trust. If it's somebody that is really reaching out to you and asking you, hey man, what's going on? What are you facing right now? What are you dealing with? How are you handling this? Listen, gentlemen, if you're watching on Facebook, gentlemen, if you lead a home, if you're you're struggling with this right now, if it's getting to you, you better talk with a godly man about it. Because if you don't, That struggle, that stress that you're bottling up is going to explode. And it may just, if you are not going to work, it may just explode on your family. And that can cause irreparable damage. Moms, ladies, man. You need to find someone you can talk to right now. There is no shame in admitting that you need help in the mental area of your life as a Christian. In fact, I think it's incredibly healthy to be able to say, listen, I'm struggling, man, I'm struggling, can you help me out? Can you help me out? When I talk with, these, with, with the, the guys I meet with on Thursday nights, they ask, I'll tell them, listen, this is going on, this is going on, you know, it's, a, it's my, my sons, I, I love my boys to death. They, uh, they have to go online for school. And, and we have to be there because they're eight years old. They don't necessarily know how to navigate through, you gotta go to, you gotta log on to Clever, and then you gotta log on to their Google, and then you gotta go into the Google Waffle, and then you gotta go on to Google Classroom. I'm serious, man, these are the steps to get them online. You gotta go into Google Classroom, and then from Google Classroom, you have to find their assignments, you have to find out what time they're gonna be online. And then you have to go back into Google, and you have to go into Google Meet. And then once you click on Google Meet, have, the screen comes up and you have to type in the name of the group you're meeting with, and then once the group you're meeting with co- turn, uh, comes up, you have to click on uh, access to camera, okay. And then once the camera comes up and you can see yourself, you have to click join. Did I mention that they're eight years old? So we have to be there. I don't mind it, I love, I, I love my sons, and we can, we can work right alongside while they're working. But it brings, adds stress to the family, to the dynamic. And we need to be able to talk with people about it. What is the Christian biblical starting point for facing mental and emotional struggles? First thing we said was God is in control and he has a plan. That has to be your starting point, Christian. You have to acknowledge that God is in control. Listen, we, I'm not. Uh, I'm not making political commentary, but we have 50 governors and one president, and none of them can agree. None of them can agree right now. Did you notice that our nation is being divided and sectioned out now? It's like it's like um, what's what was that uh, that series? They made movies out of it. Um, What's that? House of cards? No, no, no. Oh, man, I can't remember. Uh, Mock, it was Mockingjay. Um, man, I'm sorry on Facebook. Hunger Games. Hunger, the Hunger Games. Hunger, the Hunger Games. We're, be, we're being divided up into sections like the Hunger Games now. I mean, this is getting crazy. Um, <laughs> my niece posted something, uh, what, what Bay State Medical had to do to get to get a shipment of masks and it was like something out of a movie. It was like a, a, a black market thing. With, it was just crazy. The, the, uh, the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security got involved and it was just insane what's going on. What we have to acknowledge as followers of Christ, if we are going to deal with this in a strong mental way, is that God is in control. And he has a plan. He has a plan. Do I know what that is? Not at all. But he has a plan. How do you find that out? You seek him out in his word. You seek him out through prayer. You seek him out through conversations and counseling with other Christians, those who are Wiser than you, those who are your close confidants, and you talk and you search and you seek for answers. that's what we're going to be talking about. Second thing we said was you put your faith where your fear is. And then we talked about that was what we talked about last last Sunday on Easter Sunday. Uh, You need to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. Two questions that I want to answer How do we deal with life in an effective biblical way that protects our mind and encourages strong mental health? How do we deal with life in an effective biblical way that protects our mind and encourages strong mental health? And secondly, how can you rise above the mental struggles of this very difficult time and become stronger in your faith because of this challenge? How can you rise above the mental struggles of this very difficult time and become stronger in your faith because of the challenge? If you think Christians are above this, if you think Christians are above the struggles, let me say this, it made national news, and I'm not gonna, I going—I won't get into too many of the details, but from our town, here in East Longmeadow, Mass, a man planned on blowing up and tried to set a firebomb off in the Jewish nursing home in Longmeadow. That gentleman lives right across Maple Street. He lives about a half mile from our church. That gentleman grew up in churches like ours. Many of the people in our church know this gentleman. He claimed to be born again. In fact, the firebomb that he tried to set off, you know what was stuffed inside the gas can? A gospel tract. A gospel tract. I got a phone call from the Longmeadow Police Uh, sorry, the detective, asking me about these things. I'm not, listen, what I'm trying to say is, Christians are not above this stuff, folks. We've got to admit that we have to face these challenges. Admit that you're under stress. Admit that you're having struggles in your mind because that's the first step to getting things right. Now, where do we go today? The Bible tells us how to deal with what we can deal with. The first and most common mental health issues that, be, that, that believers deal with is this anxiety. The first, one, the first and, and biggest one, most difficult one we deal with is anxiety, aka worry. Anxiety turns into worry, stress. Why can't I control this? Why can't I stop this? Why, why can't I do this, why, what, what can I do? Why am I, why am I struggling so desperately? Why can't I rise above these issues? Why do I constantly get into this, this dangerous spiral downward that just ends in no good, that just ends in argument in the home? Listen, it doesn't have to be catastrophic. It doesn't have to end in suicide. It can simply end in division in the home where mom and dad are, are arguing and then no longer talking or where the kids are just on edge, or where the family doesn't come together anymore. Finances are tight right now for many people. In fact, finances are non-existent for a lot of people. That brings stress and worry and difficulty. There are, this is supposed to be a little humorous, there are three F words of anxiety that can bring us to our knees in life. Okay? Three F words of anxiety that can bring us to our knees. Family, finances, and future. Those three areas of life. Family, finances, and future. When you throw anxiety, those are, first of all, those are amazing beginnings of anxiety. That's where much of our anxiety rises from, right? Our family. Our finances and our future. And right now, man, that's those are that is that is incredibly relevant, I believe, to our situation and to our lives right now, to our homes, to our church. We you realize we have no idea when we're going to be back together as a church family. We have no idea. Even when summertime comes, we have people if, until they have a cure for this, we have some people that May never come may, may never go out like they used to. Man. The family aspect of it. Parents worry about children. Grown children worry about elderly parents. We worry about their health. We worry about their stability stability. We worry about their safety. My my sons, we're riding bikes now, right? We're riding bikes around the neighborhood. It's okay, because there's no cars on the road anymore. <laughs> they're riding bikes around. And I don't know if you're like me, my son's Ryan, they're pretty good on their bikes, but if they start going a little too fast, I'm like, slow down, slow down. I never used to do that when I was a kid, but I'm also the kid that would wipe out on the street and get road pizza, right? So we worry about their safety. We worry about their stability. Right now, we worry about their schoolwork. How is this going to work? How, is it, how are they going to, if they can't finish the grade they're in, how are they going to move on? And so many parents, they're becoming so creative because can you imagine being a senior this year? I mean, walking and graduation was a big deal, man. Right? It was a big deal. Graduation day, it was a big deal. Kids today, they don't have that. And that brings stress in the area of family. Parents are trying to compensate. Uh, my daughter-in-law Tiffany's birthday was this, this, uh, this past Friday, and Zach had a, a parking lot party where people drove in, honked their horns, decorated the cars, and then the East Longmeadow Police Department came flying around, and people were stopping, and people were looking, what's going on? Four cruisers came down, lights flashing, uh, sirens going off, and they drove around the parking lot and, and then left. People are being creative because the normalcy of what family life was, This remember this, this is the crazy part. We were normal just five weeks ago. Right? We were normal just five weeks ago. And now everything has changed. And that brings amazing stress onto the family. It's exacerbated, especially for men or for single parents, by First Timothy 5 verse 8. But if anyone does not provide for his own family, especially for his own household, he is denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Try being a father and a husband right now who is struggling to pay your bills and struggling to put food on the table because work has shut down and because what was promised to you through unemployment hasn't come through and because maybe you didn't have have direct deposit for your taxes, now you're waiting for that bailout check that's not going to come until the summer. And rent is still due. And groceries, listen, the money you save on gas, I paid a dollar, I think a sixty-four a gallon this week. The money you save on gas goes into buying a dozen eggs that are now $5 a dozen. These are the stressors that bring that anxiety and that worry into our lives. The pressure of being a good spouse or parent according to biblical teaching is real. The pressure to care for all whom you're, for whom you're responsible according to the biblical teaching is real. And if we don't deal with the worry of family according to the Bible, then we will find ourselves in a dysfunctional life or even worse. Listen, God knows what you're facing He understands what you're facing. And he has the answers. He has the peace for your soul. I'm not saying you're going to walk out in the front yard and find a bag of money to pay your bills. What I'm saying is he offers you the peace and the understanding to know that there is a way through it. When it comes to the anxiety of finances, it manifests itself in a sense of foreboding and inevitability of disaster and loss and depression because of it. Man, I, there are already people, they're saying, I think it's, I think the number I, I read was 15% of all small businesses right now, if everything turned around tomorrow, 15% of all small businesses in America would not open up again. 15%, 15%. People, listen, that may, that may not be a big deal to somebody who works in a, in a plant or works for a big corporation, but talk to somebody who owns their own business. They didn't just dream of this yesterday, right? They didn't just start saving a week ago to open this up. For many and most, this has been a a many years process of getting their businesses going and to build that business up. And now to see it all wiped out in the space of five weeks, (laughs) what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do for work? What are you gonna do for money coming in? Listen, the government can't keep printing money, right? There's only so much. They just can't keep doing it. All the small business money has run out. Now what? Where do you go from here? The stress and the pressure and the anxiety of finances is real. And it it can lead to depression. It can lead to discouragement. You ask yourself, can I supply for my family? Will we have enough? And this, this question, listen, this, the struggle of finances and the stress of providing leads to hoarding, right? Now, do you, hear, do you see the latest? Four weeks, we're, we're going to have, a, there's a meat supply of like four weeks and it will then be disrupted. And now there's a run on meat in the stores. Where are you going to put it all? That stuff goes bad, man. It leads to hoarding. People irrationally deal with these kind of things. What will happen if I can't pay my bills? Will I lose my home? It sounded really good when people got this opportunity of a, the government mandated uh, mortgage companies to, to, and banks to offer three month um, extensions, right? Three months. Free. But did you know that most mortgage companies, my mortgage company, said, yeah, you can apply for that, you can get it, but at the end of the, on the fourth month, you have to pay all of the back mortgages, all the back payments. Uh, You're not gonna be able to do that. People aren't gonna be able to do that. So what do you do with that? If you're a Christian, what do you do with all of this? And our future, what does it hold for me? Do I really have one? What is going to happen? How does the Bible tell us to deal with all of the stress of these mental struggles? I know, I know, I know. In the middle of a bleak time, you didn't come to church or didn't tune into church to hear how bad it really is, right? I've painted a very bleak picture. I understand that. I know. The reason is there is a way through it. There is a hope for us as believers we are still going to be in the middle of the struggle, no doubt about it. I remember that, that, uh, the, the song from the 90s. Um, sometimes God calms the storm, and other times He calms His child. What God wants you to do is look to Him for courage, to look to Him for encouragement, look to Him for strength, look to Him for civility. Look to Him for mental stability right now. Take take what He has written in His Word, what He has given to us in His Word, and apply it to your lives. Reach out to your friends. Reach out to your brothers and sisters in Christ and talk and be honest and deal with it. Find out how they're dealing with it and help each other get through. The Bible says to bear one another's burdens. So how does the Bible tell us to deal with all the stress? of these mental struggles the first thing that we see it starts with the faith to accept god's teaching it starts with the faith to accept god's teaching you must have listen christian you have to have faith in god if your faith is wavered you need to strong, you need to strengthen it up don't jesus said in john 14:1 don't let your heart be troubled believe in god believe also in me that's the first step you have to take i do believe god i do believe his word and i am going to get into my bible i am going to read i am going to talk with someone i'm going to have devotions i'm going to study i'm going to use this time if you're not a person that that can uh, go to work right now if you're at home what a great time to dig into the word and study the word of god What a great time to connect with other believers and talk about it. What a great time to read a good book by a Christian author about how to strengthen your faith. But if you're going to face this with God, you must believe that God can help you. From having the faith to accept God's teaching, it moves to the willingness to trust Him with your troubles. You must be willing to say, okay, God, I'm gonna take a little I'm gonna take a step of faith out here. Because the Bible says we grow as Christians from faith to faith. What that means is we grow from expression of faith to expression of faith. I take a step of faith, I find out I can trust God at that point. Okay, now I take that next step of faith. And as God proves Himself to me, I take the next step of faith. So you've got to go from believing God to now trusting God being willing to trust him with your struggles what does that mean that is accomplished through effective prayer i know some of you watching are saying this pastor john you're not giving me any answers i am giving you the answers this is we've got to go back to the first point you've got to be willing to trust that prayer matters you've got to be willing to trust that prayer really does matter And that prayer changes things. And prayer will change your your mentality. Prayer will heal and soothe your mind. You've got to be willing to trust that. I know if you've never done it before, it's difficult. And if you struggle with praying, if if you're a new life or somebody who has been watching us, or somebody that's just tuned in today, and you struggle with a prayer life, call me. Message me. We, we can pray together. I'd be more than happy to pray. I'd be more than happy to connect you if you uh, uh, connect you with someone who will, will talk with you in prayer and, and talk to you about prayer and help you to start a prayer life, because that's where it begins. You've got to be willing to trust that God can fix uh, that, that God will help you with your troubles. You've got to be willing to trust that. (laughs) And the third thing, we've been talking about this all through, you've got to start practicing biblical Christianity. You've got to start practicing biblical Christianity. Now is not the time to throw away everything you've learned. Now is the time for everything that you've learned to come to bear in your life and to start walking and living the way you've been called to live. Accept God's teaching. Have that faith. Be willing to trust Him through prayer. And then to practice biblical Christianity. Luke chapter 12. I'm going to turn there. Luke chapter 12. Some great teaching here from Jesus Himself. <clears throat> Luke, Luke chapter 12, and we're going to begin reading at verse 22. says, then he said to his disciples, therefore I tell you, don't worry about your life, what you will eat, or about the body, what you will wear. For your life, for life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They don't have a storeroom or a, bar, a barn, yet God feeds them. Aren't you worth more than, m- much more than the birds? Can any of you add one moment to his lifespan by worrying? If then you're not able to do even a little thing, why worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was adorned like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass, which is in the field today and is thrown in the furnace tomorrow, how much more will he do for you, you of little faith? Don't strive for what you should eat or drink, and don't be anxious. For the Gentile world eagerly seeks all these things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be provided for you. Seek His kingdom. What do we learn here? Adopt God's focus for life in verse 23. Verse 23, he says, Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Your life with Him. Walking with Him. What did Job say? I consider the words of His mouth, or the Bible, more than my necessary food. If you want God to heal your mind and heal you from your anxiety, and help you to deal with the stress and the struggle, folks, you've got to start accepting the fact that His Word holds the answer for you. And you've got to start reading it. You've got to adopt God's focus for your life. Life is more important than possessions. Listen, we just bought a house. I don't want to lose it. I don't want to lose it because of all this. But I'll tell you what, if I come out of this, as Job said, with my life and my integrity and my family together, then I've got everything I need. You? Well, that's, that's, uh, that's such a, a cruel way of looking at it. No. That's trusting God. The second thing, after we adopt his focus, is to accept God's value of your life. I think the saddest thing through all of this is that people are considering ending their lives. Do you understand what that means? I know it sounds simplistic, but do you understand what it means? People are at such a low point in their life that they are ready to end their life. And Christians are not exempt from that. I I told you two weeks ago the, the percentage of pastors who were dealing with this kind of struggle in people's lives and pastors and their families who are committing suicide. The depth of the depression that it takes to get to that place. If you want to start digging out of that hole of depression, you've got to accept the fact that God places an enormous value on your life. So much so that he planned an entire eternity for you. You understand that? God has planned an entire eternity for you. Not just a life of 70, 80, 90 years here on earth. Eternity. Jesus said, I'm going to build a place for you in heaven. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your savior, realize you're a sinner. Realize that you can't get yourself to heaven. But Jesus died on the cross to pay for your sins. And you've prayed and asked Him to come into your heart and give you eternal life. The Bible says you have been given eternal life and you will spend eternity in heaven. Jesus said, behold, I'm going to prepare a place for you. He's preparing heaven for us right now. That's how much He values you and your life. If He values you that much, Christian, you've got to start valuing your life. What God has given to you to serve Him with. And thirdly, you've got to activate God's purpose for you. God wants you living like one of His children here and now. God wants you living like one of His children here and now. <sighs> Folks, I am. I will never minimize what anybody's going through right now. It is, it is crazy. And if I'm, if I'm going to be honest, if the truth were told, I feel the stress myself. I feel the stress in my life. There is, there is so much to deal with and so many so many different angles to try to, to, to bring things in with and so many people that are reaching out for help and, and so much that's going on. We all feel the stress. We all feel the struggle. The people, many of the people in our church who are being affected by this, my heart grieves for what you're going through. That adds stress. If you're grieving for brothers and sisters in the church, that adds stress. Add to it one of our dear sisters, Julia, even though she was 96 years old, passed away this week. Julia was a wonderful lady. Man, can I be honest with you? I didn't need that this week. I didn't need that this week. Even though Julia is in heaven singing with the angels and and. and above all her physical struggles now, we down here still have to deal with that. You start dealing with the anxiety and the stress in your life by trusting God and putting into practice what He has said to do. He says pray. He says start living the way I've asked you to live and connect with other believers. We are so fortunate that this is happening in our time right now. Because we don't have to be disconnected. We can be connected. Start doing it. Let's start doing it. If we're going to deal with anxiety, it's so important that we deal with this. Let's start doing these things. Believe God. Trust Him that He's got a plan and activate that plan for your life. Would you bow your heads with me in prayer? While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you're watching with us on Facebook Live, I would say this to you. So I know we focused a lot on Christian life and the anxiety, but maybe you're watching and... And you struggle with these things and you have nowhere to turn. And when I talk about turning to Jesus, you just don't know what that means because you've never asked him to be your savior. And I touched on it a little bit. The Bible says that we're all sinners. The Bible says that we can't get ourselves to heaven. The Bible says that um, Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins and that by praying and accepting his gift of eternal life, the Bible says we will be given eternal life and be truly made a child of God. A prayer such as this, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner. I know that there's nothing that I can do to get myself to heaven. I know that you died on the cross to pay the price for my sin. I receive your gift of eternal life right now. Thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. While, our heads, uh, while, while you're still in, a, in an attitude of prayer, if you prayed that prayer, we would love to hear that from you. You can message us uh, on Facebook. You can type it in if you're following the feed. And we'd love to talk with you about that. We'd love to, to share you the joy. But we focus mostly on Christians today. And I know this might be a little more a little easier for those of you who are watching on Facebook because there's not the pressure of a big congregation. And maybe you're struggling with this thing of anxiety. And you're struggling, with, you're struggling with going to prayer. You're struggling with getting into the Bible. You're struggling with the basics of the Christian life right now. I get it. I get it. And I'll tell you what. Satan wants you to struggle with these things. What I'm, what I'm asking you to do right now is pray with us as we, when we close in prayer. And ask God to give you the strength and give you the faith to take that first step. Or if you're already walking, take that next step. And I'm asking you, new lifer, connect with us. And you don't have to put it out on Facebook for everybody to see. You can can message me. You can message one of our pastors. You can message one of our wives. Message somebody in the church and connect and talk with someone about what you're going through. Someone who will will talk with you and share the word with you and pray with you. Because this is not the time to lose things because of anxiety and stress. It's the time to learn and grow. Father, thank you so much for the privilege of being able to uh, share your word today. Thank you for being able to dig into your word today. And Lord, to address these struggles. Father, this is a tough time. And Lord, we can, we can say we're tough and strong and, and above it all we want, but Lord, that old Twilight Paris song, the deep inside this armor, the warrior is a child, is so true. God, because even though we put on a strong front, we're just little children who run home and, and cry in our spirit. And Father, I know watching us today are many people who are struggling to keep things together, Children of yours, followers of yours, God, that are struggling to keep things together right now. Marriages that are struggling to stay together. Husbands that are struggling to fulfill their role because they feel so emasculated. Parents who are struggling with their children because they're not used to having this this much togetherness. And it's adding so much stress and anxiety to the home. Individuals who live alone, God, who are terrified to go outside because they're they're terrified of being alone. They're terrified of dying alone. People whose families are sick and they can't see them in the hospital. God, there's so many things that are beating on us and just because we're, we're Christians doesn't mean we're immune from that. But God, would you give us the courage to look to you? Would you give us the courage to trust you right now? Father, I pray. I pray the power of your Holy Spirit and the anointing of your Holy Spirit on every child of yours that is listening to this uh, this message today. And I pray that you will overwhelm them with the comfort of your Holy Spirit. And I pray that you'll take their fear away, Father. And I pray that you'll give them courage to stand up, look to you, and start moving forward in you. Give them the power to claim your truth and father I pray that the rest of this day and the rest of this week will be different and I pray that they will move forward in victory just like we sang God I'm going to see a victory because the battle is the Lord's Lord may we stop fighting your battle and allow you to fight it for us and would you give us the strength and encouragement to encourage others Father, bless us all today. Have your way in our lives and have your way in this world. And may we be alert and watching. For in your precious holy name, we pray all these things. Amen.